Praise the Lord and God bless you. This is the podcast of the Refuse Temple Church located at 152 North Main Street in Burlington, North Carolina, where our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. This podcast is brought to you on the following streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Please enjoy as our Bishop Davis speaks. Touch somebody, say, God is able. Shatama, hey, Kaniyarabosi, Tanaye, God is able. Tamaye, say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee, no other help I know. If thou withdraw thy help from me, Lord, whither shall I go? Lord, we turn to you because you are our source. You are our strength. You are our savior, our healer, our provider, our way maker. Everything that we need, my God, we find it in you. Turn our hearts to you now, God, because you are the God that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Lord, we feel your presence in the room right now. But God, we want more than a feeling. We want deliverance. We want healing. We want doors open, a way made, life changed. In the name of Jesus, Masataye, God, have your way right now. Breathe on us. Your precious spirit, my God. Touch hearts, touch minds. Lord, deliver that soul that is nearest to hell right now. Save, deliver, set free. Reclaim, restore, and bless as only you can. God, as you do all of this, we give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise, everybody, right now. Hallelujah. Get your Bibles and remain standing with me for the reading of God's word that's recorded in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 4 and chapter 7. 1 Samuel, chapter 4 and 1 Samuel, chapter 7. I want to continue the message that we started last Sunday concerning the theology of the Holy Spirit and the glory of God. 1 Samuel chapter 4, notice if you would, verse number 21. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, the glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. Chapter number seven and verse number three. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel saying, if ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord And serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth 
and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And the people, and they gathered together in Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, therefore, there we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. Verse number 12 for the same seventh chapter. And Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Three key words, three key names come out of these texts Ichabod, Mizpah, Ebenezer. And the question that we're answering in this message is, if the glory is gone, how do we get it back? Bless you, you can be seated. If the glory is gone, how do we get it back? We have been sharing, preaching and teaching concerning the theology of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has been very deliberate in leading us to focus first on the Old Testament pattern and movement of the Holy Ghost. Because too many people think of the Holy Spirit as only being a New Testament phenomenon. But the Holy Spirit is God. Say amen, somebody. So if God is eternal, his Spirit is also eternal. And because his spirit is eternal, we have spent some time in the Old Testament looking at the patterns by which the Holy Spirit operates. Because the, 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 the goal of this series of teaching and preaching is that every believer, first of all, um, is hungry for the Holy Ghost. I, I need you to be hungry for the Holy Ghost. That if you have never received the Holy Ghost, I want to make the Holy Ghost sound so good that you want the Holy Ghost. You'll sit in your seat and say, Lord, don't let him give the benediction until you baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Then if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, I, I, I want you to become hungry for the active engagement of the Holy Spirit in your life. Too many people visit the Holy Ghost, but don't abide with the Holy Ghost. Visit him long enough to shout. Visit him long enough to get happy. Visit him long enough to speak in tongues. But I, I need an abiding relationship that is so powerful that the Holy Spirit starts dealing with me, talking to me teaching me, guiding me, correcting me, showing me error, showing me truth, giving me his gifts, manifesting himself in me in such a way that it becomes obvious that God is with me. Hallelujah. So obvious until I have daily fellowship with God. Not just a weekly visit, but I want to talk to him every day. Woo, shatama. I need him to talk to me. Anybody need him to talk to you every day? Hallelujah. I, I, I don't know how these folk go months and weeks and years 
without a move of the Holy Ghost, when, 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 when I'm literally, and, and, and this is a, maybe not a good word to use, but I'm addicted to the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. And you say, well, well Bishop, addiction's not a good word. Well, here's what the Bible says, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul longeth after thee. The same way the deer goes looking for water, I go looking for the Holy Ghost. Looking for a touch of his power, a touch of his anointing, expression of his presence in my life. So I want us to appreciate this because, it, and, and here's the reality that maybe we don't talk about enough in the New Testament. That the Holy Spirit does not walk with us under any circumstances. And, and that's the lesson that Israel had to learn the hard way. They honestly believed because they were God's chosen people and God's selected choice and because they had the ark and because they had the tabernacle, they honestly had in their mind that God would stay around under any circumstances. And they came to learn in short order that God will not abide in any setting that is not welcoming to his presence. The sons of Eli were so corrupt, the Bible says they were the sons of the devil. And, and, and that wouldn't be a big deal except they were the priest. So what happens when your priest is the son of the devil? What happens when your worship leaders, when the people that lead you, presumably, into the presence of God are corrupted by their flesh? It, it, it sets a tone for everybody. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that everything that the old church did was exactly perfect, but the one thing they tried to do was to make sure that everybody that served was spirit-filled. Come on, somebody. They, they, you, you couldn't pass out a fan if you didn't have the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Put that fan down. That's only for Holy Ghost folks. They, 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 they wouldn't let you fry chicken if you didn't have the Holy Ghost. They, they wouldn't let you park a car if you hadn't spoken in tongues. And now we let folk preach at us, come on somebody, without ever professing that they've been endued with power from on high. How can you tell me about a God that you don't know? How can you tell me about a God with whom you have no relationship? How are you going to tell me thus saith the Lord and you never even heard from God yourself? And this spirit was so perverse in Israel that it turned people away from the tabernacle. And, and that's the same mindset that the world is gripped now because the church has been so much less than what we should be that people who don't know Jesus do not take us seriously. Come on, somebody. They, they, they think most of us are a joke. They think most of us are playing with this thing. They think most of us are somehow confused in our concept of our spirituality. But, but I came to, to say to you and to the enemy and to everybody that's watching that the saints are not perfect, but there is somebody trying to do the right thing. Yeah. 
I, I will not ascribe to this notion that all of us are hypocrites because all of us are not hypocrites. We've all made mistakes. Come on, be honest with me in here. And we've all come short. But some of us are saying, Lord, help me to do better. I'm striving, trying to do the right thing. And God, if you help me, I'll serve you and I'll live for you. But the condition in Israel was so perverse until the Bible says that the glory departed. Now, I want you to be very clear about this. The ark was still there, but the glory was gone. So you can have a physical representation, but lack manifestation. So please don't get into the mindset that just because we come into this room and we sing a few songs and we clap our hands and we play the organ, that the glory of God is in our midst. You can be in church and there be no glory. You can be in the sanctuary and there's no glory. You can be in prayer meeting and there's no glory. You can be in revival and there's no glory. And so I need us to be a little bit deeper than just the emotionalized version of who we are and say, God, I just don't want emotion. I want your presence to touch me. I want your presence to live inside of me. And so the glory departs from Israel. So much so until the wife of, I believe, Phineas names her child Ichabod, which means the glory of God has departed from Israel. And so now you have Israel without the glory. And saints, I want to just say this, you need the anointing because without the anointing, you're uncovered. Let me say it again. You need the anointing because without the anointing, you are uncovered. Come on, somebody. And, and let me just say this, if you've been in church, you say, well, it ain't no big deal, I'll just let the world cover me. The world will not cover you because you've been in the church. Come on, somebody. Satan wants nothing better than to get you outside of the ark of safety, get you away from your covering so that you can be exposed and when you run to him for cover, he says, no, I'm not your father. You left your father left your covering. You need the covering because as sure as I'm standing here, the enemy is coming after you. And that's why before the enemy attacks any of us, before he goes in for the kill, the first thing he does is rob us of our spiritual connection. So that when the connection is gone and when the connection is lost and trouble comes, how am I able to survive? And that's why I don't care what you go through. Hold on to your connection with Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how bad things get. I don't care how much you cry. You don't let anybody separate you from your connection with Jesus Christ. You may have to change where you sit in the aisle, but don't you change your connection with Jesus Christ. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. May the heaven and the earth. Because here's the truth. And y'all can cut back the air. It's, it was hot, but it's gotten cold in here now, folks. Shivering and grabbing their joints and stuff. Y'all, it's, it's still January. It's still January. But, but, but here's a point I need you to get. And, and, and it, it, I didn't read it, but I want to bring it out. If you read 
chapter 5 and chapter 6, the Philistines, after they killed Phineas and Hopeney, they took the ark back to the country of the Philistines. And they put it in their temple. So here's their god, Dagon, who's a statue. And they put the ark beside the statue. Because to them, one god was as good as another. And there's nobody in the temple at night. And they come in the next morning, and Dagon is laying face down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. And they, they look and wonder how that happened. And they, put, they prop Dagon back up and leave the temple again. They come back in the temple the next day, and Dagon is now face down. And his hands have been cut off. You say, well, Bishop, what that mean? God is not going to share his space or his glory with anything else. I, I need to make it clear that we are not just one faith of many faiths, of many realities, and there are many ways to connect with a higher power. There is only one God. Come on here, somebody. And I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm not a hater. You got the right to worship a head of cabbage if that's what you want to worship. But I need you to understand, there's no power in that head of cabbage. There's no power in that false god. There's no power in that Ouija board. There's no power in that demonic element. All of the power is subject to the power of God. God said, you're not going to put me beside a false god and make me look like I'm just one of them. I'm not one of them. There is nobody like me. It see, see y'all don't know that. That's why y'all worship the way you worship because you think there's somebody else like him. But when you discover there is nobody like him that you can search the universe and there's nobody like him. That's why I don't give him what I give man. I don't give him what I give money. I don't give him what I give possessions because there's nobody like him. Nobody like him. They tried to hold on to that ark. Bible says the whole city broke out with hemorrhoids. It's in the Bible, read it. Whole city gets cursed while they hold Jehovah hostage by keeping that ark. Boils break out, sickness breaks out. They get together and say, you know, None of this stuff happened until we brought that ark back from Israel. So we're going to send that thing back. Come on, somebody. I came to tell somebody the devil can't hold your anointing. Come on, somebody. You can let it go, but he can't take your anointing because he can't do anything with your anointing. So they sent a letter and say, we're going to send this thing back because it's nothing but trouble to us. The ark comes back to Israel, and it sits for 20 years. Imagine 20 years without the revelation of the power and the presence of God. 20 years 
with the presence of God almost lying dormant among the people. And, and, and some of y'all are shaking your heads, but there are some people that go that long without the anointing. Come on, somebody. When was the last time that the Holy Ghost really touched you? I ain't talking about you getting happy and dancing. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost touching you until you lose control of yourself and he takes over the conversation. When was the last time you prayed until you ran out of words and the Holy Ghost started praying for you? Started praying through us. Oh, when was the last time you, you, you forgot where we were in the service and just got so moved by the Holy Ghost until you couldn't do what you wanted to do and you didn't even know what was going on, but the Holy Ghost was in control? Oh, hallelujah. Saints, that's why you don't need a spirit that you can manipulate. And you don't need a spirit that you can control and contrive after your whims and your feelings. I need the Holy Ghost to come in and just take over. Oh, hallelujah. I need the Holy Ghost because there's some things that need to be said, but I don't know how to say it. But if the Holy Ghost starts talking, oh, hallelujah, he's going to speak to situations. There's some deliverance. There's some chains I need broken that I can't break by myself. I'm limited in my ability. I'm limited in my intellect. But if the Holy Ghost starts moving oh God you're going to see change. I'm talking to somebody in here. You're going to feel his presence in this house. And when you get to your house there's going to be change because the Holy Ghost just doesn't move in isolation. He steps in wherever there's a need. He steps in wherever there's a situation but he needs your permission to do what he needs to do. So I need somebody in here that needs a miracle to lift your hands right now and say, Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. May go 20 years without active access to the presence of God. And the Bible says that Samuel, who is now the prophet, calls Israel together to a place called Mizpah. And Mizpah, in the Hebrew, I believe, refers to an outpouring. Calls them to Mizpah because it's the intent of God to restore. Grab somebody by the hand and say, it's God's intention to restore you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Lord doesn't want you having an esoteric relationship with him. Oh, God, and, and, and we can talk about this and some of us pretend, but many of us remember a time in our lives when the anointing was at its best when we were in complete surrender and submission to the Holy Ghost and he could do whatever he wanted to do. 
Some of y'all remember waking up at night just speaking in tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Some of y'all remember getting up early in the morning and just meeting God at your bedside. Some of y'all remember being at the light and almost missing the light because you were crying because the Holy Ghost was so real to you. But now it's become almost secondary and almost routine. He's not touching. He's not speaking. But the Lord sent me here to help somebody. It's time for you to get the glory back in your life. There's a power that belongs that belongs to every believer. There's an anointing that belongs to every believer. God wants you to have more than just a church experience. But he wants to live inside of you. Y'all remember the old song that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy that we share as we tarry there none other has ever known I need a real experience with the Holy Ghost I'm tired of all of these folk claiming oil that are just slick come on somebody I'm tired of all these folk claiming oil that are just greasy Crisco is not the anointing oh hallelujah oh my God Lord is not the anointing but there's a fragrance that comes with the power of the Holy Ghost there's a joy that comes with the power of the Holy Ghost there's a peace that comes with the power of the Holy Ghost somebody throw your hands up shout have your way Oh gosh, I'll tell you. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Somebody worship. Somebody bless him right now. Somebody give him the glory right now. They come to Mizba. And when they get to Mizba, some things have to happen at Mizba. The first thing that has to happen is repentance. And before Samuel even starts the prayer meeting, he said, before we get started, I need you to put away your false gods. Oh, hallelujah. Put away Baal and put away Astaroth and all of these other strange gods. And some of you are sitting here saying, well, pastor, I don't worship Baal and I don't worship Astaroth. But there's some other gods in this modern generation. There's this God of flesh. Come on, somebody. That we love ourselves so much. That we do everything for ourselves. And we do nothing for God. That's that false God of flesh. There's the God of cuteness. Come on, somebody. That we're so cute that we are afraid to worship. Oh, God, I can't worship because my eyelashes might fall off. I can't worship because I might wet up. Oh, God, the dye that's in my hair. I can't worship because my wig might come loose. I can't worship, oh God, because my feet, I'm cute today. I got on my cute shoes. Oh God, I, when I worship, I don't, I, I gotta be cute. I can't dance and stuff like this. That's the God of cuteness. There's 
the God of public opinion that you do everything hoping somebody will approve of what you do. Saints, nobody has a heaven or hell to put you in. Why are you living for the approval of somebody else? I need to please God. If you don't like me, I gotta please God. If you won't talk to me, I gotta please God. If you unfriend me, I gotta please God. He said, thou shalt have no other God beside me. Some of you, your money is your God. Come on, somebody. How you know? Because we will dance until it's time to pay our tithes. You want to kill a service? Start raising some money. And everybody loses their joy. But if I'm serving a God that has everything, okay, okay, that, that went over somebody's head. If I'm serving the God that says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, if I give him everything, it's got to come back to me because he promised that I have never seen the righteous forsaken. No, it's seed begging bread. Samuel says, before we go further, I need you to put all of your gods away. Come on, touch somebody. Say, put all of your gods away. Everything that compromises, everything that takes the place of God. Church, we got to put it out of our lives. And I'll even say this, that in this day and age, we have made people the newest God. And we've made ministers the newest God. And we've made singers and celebrities the newest God. And because they got a track out and they've got a song out and because they're at the top of the charts, we worship them like a God. I don't hate on anybody's gift, but I know that everything you have came from God. I have deliberately not talked about Kanye because I didn't want to bring attention to this. But why is the church freaking out? Because one person decides they're in a search for the God that's been looking for them. Come on, somebody. And if Kanye was here, I tell him what I tell y'all. You gotta repent and be baptized. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how many songs you have. You gotta repent and be baptized. And the Bible says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter who they are. If Donald Trump came in, I'd take him to the water. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If Pitts came in, I'd take him to the water because that's the only answer for everybody that wants to be saved. You trying to go to heaven? There's no fast track. There's no celebrity door. Jesus said, I am the door. If you come any other way, you come as a thief, you come as a robber. If you come any other way, If you come any other way, you come as a thief. You come as a robber. 
And ain't no thieves going to heaven. Come on, somebody. Everybody got to repent. Come on, look at somebody. Tell them everybody got to repent. I'm so angry with these evangelicals worshiping Donald Trump and the man has said he has never had any reason to ask forgiveness. How are you going to be a Christian and you've never asked forgiveness? That's how you get to be a Christian. That you realize I'm a wretch undone. I'm dirty and filthy because of my sin. But if I turn to Jesus, he'll wash me. He'll clean me. He'll deliver me. Is there anybody in this church that's ever been forgiven by God? I need you to give God the glory right now. If there's anybody in here. You gotta repent. And here's the biggest hang up to repentance. Is you looking at somebody else's sin and saying, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. They are flaming homosexual. I'm not that bad. They got 20 babies over town. I'm not that bad. All I do is gossip. Now here's gonna be the irony. Cause you know what the Bible said? Jesus told the Pharisees that the harlots and the publicans are gonna go in front of some of you who think you're righteous. That gay brother you talking about gonna get to the altar before the rapture. Come on somebody. And if he gets washed and Jesus comes, he gonna make the rapture. And you and your tongue speaking gossip himself gonna die and bust hell wide open. All because you never repented. You say, well, Bishop, I don't do nothing. But you think some sorry stuff. You know, sometimes you got to repent for what you've been thinking about. Where that in the Bible? Jesus said, he talked about adultery, and he made this statement that if a man looks on a woman and lusteth after her in his heart, he's committed adultery. You didn't use a condom, you used your mind. Come on, somebody. When you look at these women, Lord, if I was 10 years younger, get to the altar. 
conceived, bringing forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, bringing forth death. That's why the Bible said this. People do their assessments. The president ordered the, the killing of this Iranian man who was responsible for 600 US deaths. I get it. And everybody's talking about what a bad man Solonami was. But if I could quote Jesus, except you repent. Come on, somebody. He got the blood of thousands on his hands. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm saying, can you get your eyes off of everybody else? Long enough to say, search me, Lord. Shine the light from heaven on my soul. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out. Somebody throw your hands up and say, take it out. Straighten me. I want to be right. Saints, I just don't want to be in church. I want to be right. I just don't want to be a bishop. I want to be right. I just don't want to be your pastor. I want to be right. Anybody here want to be right? Anybody here want to be right? Anybody here want to be right? I want to be saved. I want to be whole. So the Bible says when they got to Mizbah, they poured out water. And the symbolism of the outpouring of water was the outpouring of the soul. One thing that hinders genuine repentance is that most of us fail to be real with God. We, we give him lip service. And we give him tears, hoping that that somehow moves God. But God is not moved by our tears. And God is not moved by our public displays of emotion. But what moves God is a genuine change of the heart and a change of the mind. When your mind gets together, you start saying, Lord, I want to be saved. Oh, hallelujah, so I changed the way I look at myself. And I changed the way I look at other people. That is not really important to me. Yeah, I want to be, I want you to be saved. But it's not important to me that I'm better than you. I've got to be so righteous and so holy that if Jesus comes today, I am ready to meet him. Oh, hallelujah. I can't help it if I'm surrounded by a hypocrite. I can't help it if I'm surrounded by folk that are playing church. Oh God, I 
got past that a long time ago. I've been saved 40 years. I've seen liars in the church. I've seen, oh God, backbiters in the church. I've seen thieves in the church. I've seen womanizers, lesbians and scoundrels all in the church. But you know what? None of that matters if my soul is right. Oh, hallelujah. None of that matters if I'm ready to go. I'll pray for you, but I can't make you saved. I'll fast for you, but I can't make you saved. It's in your life to make the decision that the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Somebody throw your hands up. Say, save Lord. They poured out their souls before God. And then Samuel began to pray for them because intercession is a part of God's process. Some of us will never be restored because we're too proud to tell somebody to pray for me. And in your pride-filled arrogance, you lose the opportunity for the Holy Ghost to restore you. You know what the Bible says? Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. I understand why more people don't confess because some of us can't hold water. Come on, somebody. And if somebody shares what, we're, what they're going through with some of us, we on one line talking to them, and we say, wait a minute, I got a beep. You go answer the beep. Child, just hang on. When I get through talking, I'm going to tell you everything they told me. Now, if I wanted Minister Horton to know what I confessed to Jamie, I'd have called Minister Horton. Come on, somebody. I called Jamie because I expect Jamie to talk to nobody but God. Come on, somebody. Somebody shares something with you. Somebody confides in you. Why do other people know what you was only told to one person? And you know what happens? Because of that lack of confidentiality, people walk around carrying burdens that they never get released from. But God give us spiritual people. If your brother is overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, not carnal, not fleshly, not jealous, not conniving, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. It is spiritual malpractice for somebody to confess to you and you don't lead them back to the altar. They done told you everything they're dealing with. And all you can say to them is, well, I'll be praying for you. Bye. The next step is, when can we meet? When can we meet? Or on Sunday, when the altar call is made, I'm going to take your hand, and we're going to walk to the altar. 
and they won't know if we're here for you or if we're here for me. Y'all ain't following this. But I'm not going to leave the altar. Y'all ain't hearing this. Until the Lord takes you back and restores you to where you need to be. Saints, we need a revival to happen right in the pews. For God to pour out his anointing right in the pews. Samuel prayed for them. And let me just tell you this. and I need to wrap up. That as... He prayed for them. The Philistines came against them. I'm trying to help somebody. You're trying to get back to the Lord. But it seems like all hell has broken loose against you. You're trying to get back. But the enemy keeps sending distractions to keep you away from the altar. When they heard that the Philistines were coming, they looked at Samuel and said, Samuel, don't stop praying for us. Grab somebody by the hand. Tell them, I'm trying to get close to God. Don't stop praying for me. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying to get close. I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to be restored. But it looks like all hell has broken loose. But the devil is a liar. Don't stop praying. The Lord is nigh. Don't stop praying. He'll hear your cry. The Lord has promised. His word is true. Don't stop. I don't care what happens don't stop I don't care who's talking about you don't stop I don't care who's lying on you don't stop glory fell in Israel and their enemies were defeated and Samuel took a stone and put it between Mizpah and Penn and called the name of it Ebenezer. Me and the Lord helped us. I know it's Sunday, but I need an honest witness that's messed up, but the Lord helped you. Okay, I got three. Oh, hallelujah. I need an honest witness uh, that I failed spiritually, uh, but the Lord helped me. I need an honest witness. Uh, I failed, uh, but the Lord helped me. You ought to be the person uh, that is giving God the most glory because uh, I struggled, uh, but he helped me. I straggled, uh, but he helped me. I was slew-footed, uh, but he helped me. Some days going right, uh, some days going left, uh, but he still helped me. I cried, uh, and he delivered me. Can I get a witness? Is there anybody here that knows that the Lord helped you? Just don't sit there. Thank him for your help. Praise him for your help. Bless him for your help. Glorify him for your help. Come on, stand. 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 Testify to somebody. <laughs> Tell them I got to be honest with you. The only reason why I'm still here is because the Lord helped me. 
supposed to be a backslider. I'm supposed to be a reprobate. But the Lord helped me. Hey God. Some of y'all wonder why I praise the Lord like I do. Because I know me. Come on, somebody. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Oh, God. Look at somebody say, you don't praise him because you don't know yourself. But if you knew yourself, you would give God the glory. Woo, Shatama. If you would be honest with yourself. Saints, the Lord had every right, every justification to send my soul to hell, but he saved me. He, oh, see, see, some, that went over somebody's head. He had every right to send my soul to hell, but he saved me. He saved me. Let's tell the whole story. Since I've been saved, I have messed up. And he could have let me die in my sin. But he restored me. You say, Bishop. We don't remember you ever leaving the church. You can stay in church and backslide. Y'all don't want to hear this, but you're going to hear it today. You can never miss a service and backslide. Where were the foolish virgins sitting with the wise virgins? Sitting right up there with them. Sitting on that front row of the missionaries. Sitting with the preachers. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And then they realized that our oil has run out. You know what that means? That means they had oil, but it ran out. Touch somebody say, you got enough oil to get out of here? Answer the question. These the last days, saints. You got enough oil to get out of here. I need more than just jumping oil, shouting oil, tongue speaking oil. I need enough oil to transition from mortal to immortality, from corruptible to incorruption. Ask him again, you got enough? You know what made them foolish? That while they were sitting and could have gotten oil, they just sat around. And they went to sleep knowing they didn't have any oil. I, I, I got a tough question to ask. 
How do you come to church unsaved week after week and go back home unsaved week after week and feel good about your week? When you came last Sunday, you weren't saved. You here today and you ain't saved. And unless you make a decision, you're gonna go right back home unsaved. Not knowing if you'll make it back the next time. I'm saved. And every time I get on an airplane, got to get on one Thursday. I say, Lord, if this is it, and this plane is going down, make sure I'm right. Come on, somebody. Had a couple of medical procedures where they put you under anesthesia, and you don't know if you're going to wake up when they put that stuff in your nose. You don't have no idea. Before they hooked me up, I said, wait, 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 wait. Let me get a prayer through first. Come on, somebody. In case this is it, come on, somebody. I don't mind shutting my eyes over here and waking up in glory. But I don't want to shut my eyes over here and lift up my eyes in hell. And it's so unnecessary because everything you need to have a walk with God is available to you right now. Thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome to Fellowship with Pastor Reginald Davis and the Refuge Temple Church family on Sundays, 9 a.m. prayer, 10 a.m. Christian education and Bible study, 11 a.m morning worship and children's church for 30 p.m. evening worship monday 6 30 p.m. prayer wednesdays 12 p.m. noonday prayer wednesdays 7 p.m. prayer and bible study friday 7 p.m. prayer worship and the word again come and join us and be blessed until next time